Dorim Daf Yud Aleph and Daf Yud Beis, this whole uh, section we're doing, equating people and objects with others, Dina Hatpasa Benedir Rishvua. One of the things that is most undermining to an individual's dignity is to treat them as part of a category, to objectify them, to treat them as a statistic, as a number, rather than as a unique individual, to make assumptions about the individual based on the category to which one attaches them. And we'll see this idea play out in halacha. The Gemara is introduced by a question of Rami Bar Chama. Rami Bar Chama is uh, an important Amora. He died very young, so he, he didn't get smicha by the time he died, which is why he's just known as Rami Bar Chama. He's not Rav anybody. Um, but he asks a lot of difficult questions, and it's it's quite interesting because in Zvachim Daf Tzadi Zayin, there's the story of Rami Bar Chama and his Talmud, uh, Rav Yitzchak Bereid Rav Yehuda. And all of a sudden, Rami Bar Chama notices that his Talmud, Rav Yitzchak Bereid Rav Yehuda, is not coming to the Shir. So he calls him up and says, what's up? Because that's what Rabbonim do. That's why it's good to, to have a group of people that sit together. Otherwise, I don't know who's in the shear and who isn't in the shear. If somebody's missing, I don't notice they're missing because people are in and out. It's a railway station. The shear, you know who's, who's learning with you. And if somebody doesn't show up for a few days, you call them and you say, what's up? Uh, that, and that's how one keeps connection with people. So Rami Bachama called up Rav Yitzchak Bereid Rav Yud and said, what's up? He said, Rav Yitzchak Yud said, I've, I've actually shifted. I'm going to learn with Rav Sheshis. So Rabbi Barakhama said, and you think by hanging out with Rav Sheshis, you're going to become like Rav Sheshis? <laughs> why, are you, what's, why are you doing that? So Rabbi, so Rabbi Yitzhak Bered Rav Yudah answers very interestingly, and he says, I find when I learn with you, when I ask you something, you answer me with logic. And then later on, I find a Mishnah against what you've told me, and then I'm stuck. You've answered with logic, I've got a Mishnah, and what do you do? I need to be able to learn independently, and I don't have your power of reasoning. Rav Sheshis, whatever I ask him, he brings, a, he brings a source for, he brings a Mishnah for. So it's interesting, you see already at that time, there are these two styles. There's the person who works things out and there's the person who has Bikiyos. He knows, he knows everything and he brings and he, and he quotes two different styles of learning. Um, and, and these styles of learning used to go all the way back to Rami Bachama. When I came to Yeshiva the first time after high school, it was my first experience of being the very worst in an entire institution. Like there was nobody in the yeshiva that knew less than me. And I'd never had that experience before. Nobody, not nobody in the class, there was nobody in the yeshiva that knew less than me. I knew less than anybody else in the yeshiva. And it was very disheartening because whenever I would talk to a chavrusa or somebody and I would suggest something, he would throw a Gemara at me and he would throw a Mishnah at me and he would throw a Rashi or a Toysvitz. And I couldn't make any kind of progress. So I went to my Rosh Yeshiva, Rebellion Mishkovsky, and I said, I don't think I can stay. This is just not, not tenable. And I told him what happens. He said, next time anybody throws a Gemara at you or a Rashi at Tosfus, tell them to bring it inside and learn it with them inside. And you will find they didn't understand it properly. And that's why they're, they're throwing it to you as a question. Because they've learned information, they haven't learned how to learn. And he used to take into that yeshiva the best boys from the yeshiva high school system, mainly from yeshiva Chadash. And at that time, Padis Khan, these guys were brilliant. But he said tell them to learn it inside with you, learn it through, and you'll see they haven't understood it correctly. And that, and that way you'll resolve it. And then he told me the story of Reb Chaim Soloveitchik who was giving a shir, and somebody said, that can't be right because there's a Tosfus in such and such a place that says the opposite. Reb Chaim says there isn't such a Tosfus. And after the shir, the young man comes to Reb Chaim and says, I'll show you the Tosfus. And Reb Chaim learns the Tosfus with him and shows him he didn't understand the Tosfus. 
And Reb Chaim said afterwards, when I said there's no such Tosfus, it's not because I knew there's no such Tosfus. I don't, Reb Chaim wasn't known to have a brilliant memory and a vast bequeus. He was like Rami Barachama. He used to work with logic. He said, I just knew there couldn't be such a Tosfus. Uh, I understand Gomorrah sufficiently to know there couldn't possibly be such a Tosfus. And that, Marisha Shiva told me that story. And, and that set me on my path in learning and guided the way I learned from then until, until today. Uh, so that's, that's Rami Barchama. Rami Barchama starts with a question which we really are going to deal with tomorrow. But, but the question is around the idea of Hatpasa. So we're going to learn a new concept in the Dorim, which is Hatpasa. What Hatpasa means to attach an object to another object, which is a person says, I want this loaf of bread to be like that loaf of bread. And that loaf of bread, he's already asked, he's already said he's also. So that's, the, that's what, what Hatpasa is. He says, I want this piece of meat to be like that korban. And, and that way it's asur. The Rambam says in, in Perik Gimel, Ketzad hamatpis bin adorim chayev. How does Hatpasa work in the dorim? Ken alai asur. The person says, this piece of meat is asur. And even a few days later he says, and this loaf of bread is like that piece of meat. The loaf of bread attaches to the meat. The isur of the meat attaches to the bread, and now the bread is also asur. And then you say, and this honey, this honey should be like this loaf of bread. It goes again. Each one infects the other with the, with the isur. I feel in Maya, even a hundred times. That's how Hatpasa works. Says the Rosh. Says the Rosh, an amazing thing on Daf Beis. Hatpasai is the, is the origin of Nedori. The essence, the quintessential Neder is by Hatpasai. The real Neder is not just to say this loaf of bread is forbidden to me. It's to say this loaf of bread is forbidden like that piece of meat or like that loaf of bread. To use Hatpasai as the mechanism for Nedorim, says the Rosh, is the foundation of Nedorim. And so on. And so on. This is the, um, the posuk that we've got up at the top. That the Gemara learns on Yudalad, we're going to have it and we'll go into it in greater detail. Ishki Yidor Neder La Hashem. We learn from there that Adshi Yidor Bedavar Hanadur. You've got to attach your Neder to something which is already forbidden by Neder. The Rabbeinu Avrom in Ahar, we've spoken about him, this new manuscript that was found not long ago. Ikara Neder Al Yedayat Pasah. He says, like the Rosh. The main foundational idea of a neder is by means of hatpasa. That's the idea of a neder. You attach the object which is permitted to another object which has become also by, by human action, by somebody making it also. The run on Daf Yudalad, we'll come to him soon, we're not there yet, but the run there says about this posuk of ki yidor, why does Hatpasa work? This idea of taking a ned, taking a, an object and ma- attaching it to another object, which is already also, why does that work? So the Rosh said, we've got a posuk. The Ran says, you don't need a posuk. Why? This is like a yad nadarim. We've been speaking about yadot nadarim. 
where you you don't articulate the full phrase of the neder, you articulate part of it, and we finish it off. We fill in the, the blanks, and as, as if you've said the whole thing. That's the idea of a yad, the neder. And the run says, the idea of at Pasaif, a person says, hareze kekorban. doesn't say the word asu. He says, this loaf of bread is like a korban, or this loaf of bread is like that piece of meat. We add the word asu says the Ran. So you don't need a posuk for this. It's, we know the principle of Yadot, that you can fill in the blanks in the formula. So if he left out the word Asur, we fill in the word Asur, and that's a full neder. You don't need a posuk for that. Which is what leads the Ran to say, back at the very beginning of the Masechda, in the first Ran, Ikara neder hu shiomar ze Asur alai, he disagrees with the Rosh and with Rabbi Avrom in Ahar that the main neder is not necessarily Hatzpasa. It makes no difference. If you say this thing is forbidden to me, that's a neder. If you say this thing is like a korban, that's a neder because it implies also. And so both of them are nedorim doraisa. He doesn't take one or other as the primary case of, of Neder. Now, interestingly, the, the Rambam says in, in, in Perigimel also, in the first halacha, there are, there are four, four things in which Nedarim and Shvot are different. Remember, Shvot is a different Masechte in a different Seder. Shvot is in Seder Nezikin, interestingly. Nedarim is here in, in Noshim. And the difference between a, a neder and a shvua is a neder is on an object and a shvua is on the person. Shvua is I will give charity or I will go to shul tomorrow uh, and or I won't do something. And a neder is on an object. That's the, one of the primary differences. There are four halachic differences that the Rambam enumerates. One of them is hamatpis bishvua paturu v'nadorim chayev. Hatposa doesn't work with with Shvot. And this is where we get to understanding the mechanics of Hatpasa and an important principle of, of, of morality and that, that emerges from it as well. Says the, the Rambam, Hatpasa doesn't work by Shvua, but it does work by Nedarim, whether, as the Ran says, that with or without Hatpasa, it's a primary Neder, or as the Rosh and Rabbeinu Avraham in Ahaz say, that primary Neder is with Hatpasa. We also accept the neder as, as a yad if you left out the hatpasa. Whereas the run says the opposite. The primary neder is you say a neder. If you, if you do it with hatpasa, that's a yad. But either way, they are both nedorim doraisa. However, in Shvot, it doesn't apply. Where does the Rambam get that? He gets that from the riff in, in Masech the Shvus, where there's a machlikes between Abaya and Rava. Abaya says hatpasa works with the shvua as well. So if you want to say... Um, one person says, I'm going to spend the day in the base of Medrash tomorrow. And another person just says, me too. Doesn't say anything, just me too. That's Hatpasa. He's made himself like the first person. Um, but you've got to say it out. No Hatpasa with Shvuot, only with Nadarim. And the Rif says, The Rambam usually follows the Rif, who is his Rebbe's Rebbe. Uh, the Rimi Gash was he and his father's Rebbe. And the Rimigash is the main Talmud of the Rif. So the, usually the Rambam follows in the, in the approach of the Rif, and Paskins like Rova. The Ramban disagrees, but we won't deal with that at the moment. The Rambam Paskins like Rova, that Hatzpasad doesn't work with the Shvua. 
explains the run on the riff. We have the run in different formats. We have the run as a perush on Shas. We've got the run Shiurim that are published on many Masechtas of Shas. We've got the run as a perush of the riff on many Masechtas in Shas. Uh, and then we've got the run in Adorim, we've got the run on the page. So we can access the run in different ways. The run on the riff in Masechta Shvuas, and, and you'll see, I'm going to suggest from this, from this run, you see that when the run is on the riff, it's not necessarily his own opinion he's giving. Very often he's explaining the riff's opinion. Because the run has told us on Daf Beis that, that both um, Neder and that, that, that Hatpasa works with Neder and it's, um, it, it's as good as the Neder itself. But look at what the run says on the riff and here we'll see the mechanics. Asks the Ran, as far as Rov is concerned, maybe the reason is, Maybe the reason is because in the case of Neder, the Isur sits on the object. So you attach another object to that object and the Isur transfers, to, it flows to the other object. You can kind of imagine it as, as something substantial. It's on the objects and and it flows from one to the other. But if a person makes a shvua, says, I won't eat this loaf of bread. And then he says, and this loaf of bread as well. Well, that, there's nothing on the loaf of bread. It was a personal undertaking he took. So what are you attaching that loaf of bread to? Says the run, that can't be the case because then... If we attached a human to a human, it should work. So if I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go to shul tomorrow, and the other person says, and I'm like him, then that should be a good shvua, because just as it goes from object to object, it should go from subject to subject. But he says, the riff says no. The riff says there's no way it follows. that There's no way that this had passayin shvua, even from subject to subject. So what is the reason? Explains the run. You'll remember in our first year on the Dorim, we said that if you track the, the primary neder down, it comes from the principles of Hekdesh. You can be Maktish, you can dedicate an object to the Beis HaMikdash. You can turn an object into a Korban. And as a result of that, there are a lot of Isurim. Says the the run, that's the source of Nadorim. Now that you can apply to other things. You can say in this loaf of bread is like that Korban and this is also like that. But the, the, the fact, the reason why we can make Nadorim, where Nadorim even come from is because the Torah has facilitated the cap capability to make something hektish, to give something to the temple with all the, the, the implications of that. From that flows the fact that we can also do Nedorim, you can you can do an edit, but the main thing is, but because without that, where does the first neder come from? How can you just say something's also? What mechanism are you using? The principle is hektish can transfer. We know that because you can be poide hektish. Something can be set aside for the for Beis HaMikdash, and you can take money and say the sanctity of this object is transferred to this money. The money belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, and the object I can now use. So we know Kedusha can transfer from object to object. Since Kedusha can transfer from object to object, says the run, so can the issue that results from the Kedusha. So by Neder, there's an element of Kedusha, which there isn't by Shavuot. 
By neder, there's an element of kedusha which causes the issue. It's not just an issue. There's something of sanctity in the object that one is prohibiting, and that sanctity is transferable. That's a main neder. And, and so then he goes on to explain more clearly why that can't work with, with Shavuot. What I find really interesting is just in understanding, perhaps one of the most undignified things one can do to a human being is to objectify them is to turn a person into an object, into a statistic, into a number. Uh, that's, a, that's the first thing they do with prisoners, the first thing they did in concentration camps, take away people's names, make them a number. When you objectify a person, they lose all sense of, of dignity. And it's interesting, you can say, this loaf of bread is like that piece of meat, this loaf of bread is like that loaf of bread, this loaf of bread is like a korban, you can do at pasa, but you can't say, Reuben is like Shimon, because Reuben isn't like Shimon. Each individual is unique. And you can't be matpis to people. You can be matpis, as the Ran says, with working it through in the reef. There's no way, there's no circumstance, according to Rova and the way the reef and the Rambam Paskin, there is no circumstance where you can be matpis the kudusha from one human being to another human being, certainly not from an object to a human being or vice versa. You can do object to object, you can't do person to person. Because you can take two objects, they're two objects that are not, are not alive, they're two inanimate objects, and uh, you can take one from the other, it doesn't matter. But human beings, you can't say this human be- this one is like this one. No human being is like anybody else. And the idea of Hatzpasa, to put somebody into a category, no human being is in a category. Yes, we categorize people because that's the way we deal with larger numbers of people. But we've always got to remember, no human being is a category. You can, you can assume certain things about a culture. You can assume that in, uh, in, in Germany, people are very formal. But that doesn't mean that every individual in Germany is formal. You can assume that Americans are very friendly. It doesn't mean every American is very friendly and you can be on first name terms from the first step. You've got to, each individual, you've got to be able to take individuals out of categories. And Hatzpasa is about categories. There's a category of Isur. I'm putting this object into that category. That's fine for objects. It's not fine for people. Don't put people into categories. A Haredi and a Datilu Umi and others, don't put people into categories. People transcend categories and we have to be able to relate to each individual as an individual, not as part of a category. <laughs>